Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are here for the premiere episode of the Ask the Property Pros podcast. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by William Ravis Bear McIntosh and Lighthouse Home Inspections. Hey, everyone. I'm Brett Thompson. I've been a real estate broker for over a decade in the New York metro area and throughout Rockland County, Westchester County. I have an office in Bergen County, and I'm uh, happy to be here today. I'm Matt Maroney. I am a licensed master electrician, a nationally certified master electrical inspector, and a New York licensed home inspector. Uh, so the reason we decided to get together and do this podcast is we wanted to uh, to give a, a way for people to get an inside view into some of the conversations professionals have outside of a professional setting, as well as a way for people to send in questions and have them answered from, from an outside source and from somebody who's going to give an unfiltered response. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Matt and I, you know, we're very good friends and we talk several times a week. We talk about what's going well on a deal, what made something fall apart, who's being unreasonable, what kind of nightmare inspections happen. We want people to avoid problems by helping them navigate through the process. We're also going to bring you some pretty funny stories from the field. Uh, so, you know, we hope you enjoy uh, our podcast. Yeah, we'll be back in just a moment with a question on short sales from Julie from the UK, as well as some current events. Hey guys, we're back. We're going to hit it up with some current events here. We've had a few people ask us about a property in Chestnut Ridge. <laughs> Apparently, a homeowner there applied for uh, a residential garage. Uh, it, it's They applied for a three-car residential garage. Right. And uh, local residents are saying that's not exactly what it's being used for. Right. I watched the video about a couple of weeks ago when the, when it hit on all the uh, the local websites and whatnot. This three-car garage is absolutely massive. It's about the size of the split level that it uh, shares with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very large garage. I believe it has a mezzanine section where the men and women can separate from one another. Right. Um, right. And lo local residents are, are less than pleased about this, especially on weekends yeah. where there's where the cars are so abundant. There's lines to get into this three-car garage. So when people are asking how they get away with this, that that is how they're not really getting away with it. Um, they're they're applying for a garage, then using it as as an assembly occupancy, essentially, you know, a place of worship. So the, the permits that they filed for, uh, actually, I believe their certificate of occupancy was revoked recently because they're not filing for this unit to be a, to be a, uh, a place of worship on a residential street. Yeah, and in fact, they're, gonna, they're going above and beyond that, and I believe they're in the process of making them take the entire structure down. I hadn't heard they were taking it down yet, but I did <laughs> hear that they were... Uh, Revoking that uh, certificate of occupancy. No, no, no. People are really heated about it. Yeah. And, and I mean, the moral of the story. I mean, I'd be mad if they if someone <laughs> built a big church on my street. I, come on. I mean, I don't. 
I live on a residential street. I live on a dead end. I don't want that. No, who does, right? Yeah, I don't want a McDonald's on my street either. There's lots of things. Right. I want to live in some other houses. <laughs> right, right. I mean, there's a reason things are zoned, you know. A certain way. Right, right, right. right. the entire communities are You know what, though? Out. When you think about it, who approved the, the blueprints in the first place? Who was the person who looked at this set of blueprints and were like, yeah, I'm going to build a two-story, three-car garage <laughs> with men's and women's rooms on a residential street? Someone just looked at this it was like yeah go right ahead guys <laughs> nothing, a, nothing weird about this that sounds completely reasonable I mean who doesn't have one of those garages really <laughs> yeah I don't know I, I'd be mad if there was lines to get into my neighbor's garage yeah. <laughs> alright enough about that the moral of that story is hey you know don't be a jerk or you're gonna have to take down this structure that probably costs you a couple hundred grand uh, moving on to our first question it came, comes in from Julie all the way from the UK. She wants to know about short sales and if it makes sense to pursue them for an investment property if you don't have, if you're not under the gun that you need to be in a home within let's say 30 to 60 days, you're not in a rush and are they necessarily a deal? Or you know, is it really case by case? I mean, what is a short sale essentially? So. Yeah, I'll explain. So yeah. I've dealt with short sales on many occasion, and I do not like them. The reason being is they're far more complicated than when you're dealing with a private buyer and a private seller. You can get on the phone. I can get on and speak to their agent. Hey, uh, my client would like X and Y, and they can get in touch with their client, and we can have a normal communication like adults. We're not, <laughs> we're not, we're not dealing with a bank here, and like uh, who is the contact person? Right. Who, there's some <laughs> asset manager somewhere, God knows where, with a giant stack of papers, all of these loans that are now, uh, you know, the, these properties are worth less than is owed on the loan. And that is where the term short sale comes from. The bank agrees to take a short, a loss on their investment. Right. So, I mean, how, how is, is buying a short sale different from buying a foreclosure? I mean, it seems like the, the pros and cons would be pretty similar to the two. Yes and no. I mean, I would rather deal with a bank-owned property any day of the week. So a property really? that has been foreclosed on because it's a done deal. They have it listed with an agent. So it's really not that much different than dealing with a private owner. I mean, they, they won't get back to you as quickly. They're often way more rigid about, you know, things that they're willing to give and, and whatever. In fact, my wife and I bought a bank-owned property. So I, I went through this not only with clients, but with myself. Now, when you're dealing with a short sale, it's a very different situation. This homeowner is late on paying their mortgage, typically 90 days minimum. Not only are they late, not only is their property worth less than they owe, but they have to prove financial hardship for the bank to allow for the short sale uh, to go through. For example, if I buy a house for say $500,000 and uh, the value now is 450, but I'm doing just fine financially, I'm paying the mortgage, there's no way they're gonna agree to it. I also think that the reason people are looking for a short sale is they think they're going to get a deal. They're going to they're going to get a property that is is valued at more than they're going to pay. And that's not always the case. It's only a short sale because they owe more on it than than it's currently worth. You still may be paying exactly what it's worth today 
you're just now in a situation where those people owe more than it's worth today. Absolutely, 100%. Because these banks, they're not in the business of losing more than they have to lose. Right. They're, they're sending out brokers to do their BPO, their broker price opinion on the property. They have a reasonable idea of the market value and they're gonna try and get as much as possible because again, they're already losing. Also, I mean, the thing from an inspector's point of view that you really have to take into consideration as well is you're, you're dealing with somebody who's had a financial hardship. So have they done all of the normal upkeep that you would do in a house if something was dripping? Did they have it repaired or was that something they couldn't afford to take care of? You know, have the gutters been cleaned? You know, you're dealing yeah. with a financially strapped person and you have to look for those things now. You know, people sometimes want to say that, you know, it, it is as it is, so I'm not going to have an inspection. I mean, it's all the more reason that you need to dive into this house and see if anything's been neglected. Oh, for sure. And nine times out of 10, I mean more, like 98% of the time, they have not been maintaining the property. And the bank 100% is going to say, this is sold as is. We're already losing money again. So going into it with an inspector to say, okay, I know it's been neglected. Does it need a little TLC? Do I need to clean the gutters? Or did that right. leak just cause, you know, major, major problems? <laughs> right. Also, like, how handy of a person are you? Are you the type of person who's going to get on a ladder and go clean out the gutters and maybe paint the soffits? Or, or is this something that you're going to pay people to do? Have you accounted for the expense of bringing this house back to a, a, a livable condition and then continue the upkeep? Totally. So after your inspection, you want to go through with a with a licensed contractor. For sure. I yeah. mean, for sure. I tell people all the time when I come across something that's unusual or has to be, uh, you know, it's a visual inspection. So if there's something that comes up that's odd, I'll tell them all the time, you need a licensed contractor to come in here and tell you the proper way to repair this and, and you know, what it's going to cost you. I'm not... I'm not a, a contractor, you know, as far as as far as that goes. I don't give people prices. Right. And and you might need a licensed plumber as well. You might in my home, I needed a licensed mold remediation company to come in, which was a whole thing. I had no idea how much it would cost to remediate the mold in my house. It wound up costing like over six thousand dollars. And I, I thought it would be nothing. Um, so I mean there there are these little pitfalls and you have to account for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, and also just the the end of Julie's question is, you know, are these necessarily a deal? I mean, from what Matt and I just outlined, the answer is no. They can be a deal. They, right. It's not every situation is the same. Right. I mean, sometimes you could have a a big great house that the people just couldn't afford and and there are deals out there, but you have to go into I think you would have to be more cautious going into a short sale or even a foreclosure knowing that there's been some hardship there than a standard sale i think you would need more caution oh. so a deal can certainly be had but a deal can be had on a, on a standard sale just as often as on a short sale or a foreclosure absolutely i mean if you hit if you hit it right and it's a private owner they they want to make a deal you're well qualified I mean, it could be just as lucrative as a short sale. One thing for absolute certain is that the short sale will be a headache and it will take way longer <laughs> than a private sale. I mean, way, way longer. You know, you know, I could get you in a private home in, you know, 30 to 45 days, even with a mortgage. I would say 60, 90, who knows with a short sale. You just don't know. So having the time is absolutely crucial. All right, guys, next question comes from my buddy Dave. 
he lives just down the road in Pearl River. I know Dave from uh, the training grounds in Westwood and MMA gym I go to. So shout out to the training grounds. He has a very typical question. I hear this stuff all the time as a realtor. Hey, I bought this house for X. I put you know a lot of money into it. He happens to own a really lovely house, one of the higher end homes in the neighborhood. <laughs> and he's like, I don't, when am I gonna see my money? You know, when, winter, like, like, when are property values going to be what I want them to be? Right, right. Because right now... <laughs> well, I don't know, Dave. Right. Like, like you know, I wish I could say, hey, you know, 13 months from Tuesday, you're, you're going to be good to go. Uh, but nobody can do that. I mean, there are a ton of factors that play I mean, here. property values definitely aren't what they, what they were at their highest or what they were at their lowest. So... Absolutely. I mean, from the the bottom of the bottom, you know, 2008, 2009, across the board, we're looking, we're up at least 10 to 20%, depending on the market, depending on the price point. Uh, a lower end home in that same neighborhood, I mean, they're moving like you wouldn't even believe. The starter homes, they, they tend to shift really much faster. I mean, you can even think of them as like a small ship. I mean, it can maneuver quickly. When you go to that the higher price points, they take longer to sell typically for top dollar. And they, it just takes longer for them to shift. For the value to adjust. Exactly. And that's just, you know, the I mean, I've been on least. a couple of jobs recently on smaller houses where they, they fly, you know, bidding wars. I mean, that house in Westchester, you know, that house had how many showings? In a, it, right. Yeah, I listed a home on a Tuesday. Within 12 days, it was shown 43 times, and we had 12 offers. And I think all of them except for two were over ask. Yeah, I mean, this is yeah. this is where the market is, on the, on, especially on those smaller or affordable houses. I mean, they are right. if you're, flying off. Exactly. That house was a little under $600,000 for that neighborhood. I mean, that's like entry level. Uh, some areas... Yeah, yeah. That's not entry level for anywhere else on Earth. Well, I mean, hey, it is what it <laughs> is. Entry level $600,000 house. Listen, Who I'm, are you? I'm, 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 working with a, I'm working with a buyer right now in Bergen County in like the low 300s. And now we're talking entry level. Right, right, right. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, 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 we've, we're looking at how it's listed, and two days later, it's been shown like 37 times, and there's like 10 offers, and there's like best and final. I mean, it's cutthroat. So it all depends upon the price point, the neighborhood. I mean, a million, the, the, the market, you name but it. The moral of that story was we cannot predict exactly when your home will be worth what you want it to be worth is but, the answer to your question right. in short. But 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 have, have some faith, brother. I mean, I'm sure it'll get there. It's still a great it's neighborhood. Coming. It's a it's great coming. neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Yep, for sure. All right, guys, we're going to take just a minute here and we'll be right back with uh, Adventures from the Field. Yikes. Okay. We are back with a segment we call Ask. Uh, no, that's not what we call it. We call it Adventures from the Field. <laughs> so it's the first time we're doing it, so I don't even know what it's called. But um, so, yeah, I'm bringing you a story from just a few days ago. Uh, I went on a job, uh, a, an estimate that uh, a buddy Bill of mine got for me out in Westchester. I have an electrical company, and uh, I was going to look at an air conditioning job. And I get to this house with my buddy Bill. I meet him there. And we walk in the backyard to see where the air conditioner is going to go before this guy even gets home. Okay. 
And the first thing I notice is this guy's deck is falling off of his house. They have removed some of the support posts to park the cars. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. You couldn't get the cars in, so they took part of the post out. Like, yeah, we don't need those anyway. So I was like, dude, I'm like, this guy's deck is going to fall off of his house. And he's like, oh, yeah. It's like, now that you say that, that looks crazy. <laughs> so this guy comes back. I've never met him before, and I'm not there as an inspector. I'm there to do an electrical estimate. So I just introduced myself. I figure I'll mention something on my way out. He brings us in the house. I walk in, and the first thing I see is this set of stairs going upstairs that looks like it's homemade. It looks like it was made out of, like, shelving lumber, just like one-inch pine risers. <laughs> so I tell Bill, I'm like, bro, this house is an inspector's nightmare. Like, someone is going to get hurt on this set of stairs. He's like, oh, why? So I showed him a little bit. I took some pictures of the stairs. And we went about the estimate. I didn't say anything to this guy. And uh, we finish up the estimate. We go all through the upstairs. And we had gone around to get up there. And then this guy goes to lead us back down this staircase that I've already identified as a total problem. Right. And I'm a big dude. So right. I'm like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm used to being nimble on other people's crap. You know? no, right. totally. I'm totally, I don't want to be a bull in your house just knocking, <laughs> you know, knocking crap over. So, <laughs> so... We start heading down these stairs. There's now three adult men on a staircase that I'm on totally against my better judgment. I know that none of us should be on this freaking makeshift staircase. Never mind three of you at the right, same time. Right. So I get about halfway down the staircase and it just stops being a staircase. <laughs> <laughs> the stairs below me just drop out. And I am now freaking half in this dude's basement. I happen to land on their freaking Christmas tree. So there's a Christmas tree in the freaking basement. I'm like sitting on it with my head sticking out of the stairs. The homeowner's like, oh my God. He's like, are you all right? And then Bill's like, he just said somebody was going to get hurt on those stairs. Oh, dude, it was totally the craziest oh, thing. Yeah. You go from being on out of control. <laughs> being on stairs to being in basement. And yeah, like, like absolutely. That. I didn't even know it was the Christmas tree. I'm just like, what the hell is underneath me? Like, why did I not hit the floor? <laughs> yeah, that's just where they stored the Christmas tree. Oh, it, was, it, it, it could have been worse, man. It could have been like, I don't know, cinder blocks or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was crazy. But yeah, the entire next day, I felt like uh, I felt like I fell off a bicycle. Like nothing was injured, but every part of my body was sore. <laughs> like a big bruise on my elbow. Like how the hell do you end up in this situation after completely identifying this is an issue? Like, Did, didn't you tell me you took a picture of the I stairs? I took a picture of the stairs as soon as I walked in. I was like, this is not safe. And then I, I stupid ass. I wind up going down them anyway. Five minutes later, you threw them. <laughs> I'm going to post pictures of it later so people can see the ridiculous set of stairs. Oh, yeah, this is for amazing. you, Bill French. You better check this out. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh. Hey guys, thank you very much for checking out our very first podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you learned something about some of the topics we spoke about. We hope you laughed with us. So it's not just the <laughs> or two at me, I right, guess. Right, right. <laughs> so it's not just the two idiots over here having a good time. We have guests coming up in the weeks to come. A very special guest next week. 
Absolutely. And we are always open for your questions. Email thepropertypros at gmail.com. You can find our Facebook page. You can message us there. Yeah. Any, anyway, we're going to get them. We're going to come up with thorough answers so that you know exactly the best way to navigate whatever situation you happen to be in. And if you have a really funny or a really crazy or a horrible story that's, uh, you know, revolved around a sale or a house or a construction project, we'd love to have you on. Absolutely. Let us know. We want this to be a communal thing. We want, you know, as much interaction as possible. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.